Wine you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine You Wish Upon a Star, the Disney fan cast where we watch Disney movies and drink wine, and then we drink more wine and tell you all about it. I'm your host, Brenna Pale. I'm your other host, Joe Pale. And this episode, we have watched DuckTales the Movie, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Except uh, I really should say, like, woohoo. How about wah-wah? <laughs> DuckTales. A little preamble to this. I loved this movie when it first came out, when it came out in theaters, because I used to watch the show a lot. And so this movie is a definite step up from the TV show that was on the Disney afternoon. That said, in the caliber of Disney movies, big step down. <laughs> it was like a big plop down. Yeah, and I'll get into why when we get into our facts, I guess. But let's talk about our wine first. Our wine is called Decoy from the winery Duckworth. Hold on, I think I have a duck call whistle. Do you? I think I do. Ready? Ready. <laughs> That's, That's not a very, duck. very, very loud. Wait, okay. <laughs> I think that's a train. It might be a train. This is not <laughs> a duck whistle. Have you ever seen a duck call? It's a lot smaller than that. Haven't you ever watched Duck Dynasty? They build their dynasty on those. I, yeah, this is from a train. That's a train. Never mind. <laughs> if we are hunting trains, I'm good to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at tracking them. I know when they're coming. <laughs> I have this whole paper chart. I can tell you when the trains are coming and at what time, mostly, unless they're late. <laughs> if you're very, very observant, you can see the tracks that they go on. Yeah, their tracks are pretty easy to follow. <laughs> so welcome back to Train Tales the Movie, Treasure of the Lost Train. <laughs> you know what? That would have been better. If they were all friggin' trains, that probably would have been a better movie. Now I'm imagining cars, except it's like, instead of it being a thing like, I have to pursue my purpose, instead it's like, I only have one place to go. <laughs> I bet you if that movie Airplanes had done better, they probably would have made trains. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they could have done planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. And boats. Boats. And rickshaws. Rickshaws? I don't know. I'm just, I'm naming vehicles. And motorhomes. Well, I guess, they're, no, they're those in were cars. in cars, yeah. They hang out at the NASCAR stadium That's in the middle. That's true. That was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a weird joke where, like, the groupies, like, flash their headlights at him. Mm -hmm. That's weird. <laughs> okay, so going back to the movie we actually watched <laughs> and not a movie that we're just reminiscing about because this one sucks so bad. Um, and actually, we weren't even talking about the movie yet. The wine. We're talking about, we're talking the, about wine. the wine. I was calling for the wine, and... And you called a train. Uh, so until we get hit by a train, what wine did we have? We had a 2018 decoy. It's a California Pinot Noir from uh, the duck. I said duck from the Duckhorn portfolio. Duckhorn portfolio. The Duckhorn like, portfolio. I That's what like it says a, on the label. Like a finely dressed duck walking in with like a well, like his like. Like, padded folder, like, wah, 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 wah. Wah, we have a nice uh, uh, cropping uh, uh, Pinot Noir grapes this year. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why you <laughs> We have like, some whites. Do you hear? <laughs> Combination of lovely fruit forward flavors and elegance. <laughs> if you invest just 50%, then we'll be able to yield $4 million. So, yes, that is the portfolio. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the wine? I, I really don't remember anything about it at all. It was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. I, it wasn't memorable to me. For 
It was like $18, right? Yeah. For an $18 bottle, I kind of expected more. I think so, too. It was all right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. We start in a Minnesota courtroom. Gordon Bombay is the top lawyer, and he is the top of his game, wins 30 cases in a row, gets a DUI, has to do community service, coaching this ramshackle hockey team. Oh, my gosh. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, you went full Mighty Ducks. I was like, what in the world? I was trying to figure out what weird joke you were making, and then I was like, ugh. Anytime we've told people we're going to do DuckTales the movie, they're like, the hockey one, right? No, unfortunately, not the hockey one. Not the hockey one. Okay, sorry. If so, ever, if I got anybody's hopes up, that I, I apologize for that. Instead, we start... In a wild plane chase where nobody is chasing anybody. It's just a horrible pilot. Can I just say, like, from start to finish, this movie's not fair. We're supposed to know all the characters already. There's, like, nothing. They don't even tell us their names. Like, nothing. Yeah, there's no no formal character introduction or anything like that. You'd think that it would be because this was a theatrical release. And the parents who are bringing their kids to see it should have some idea of who's who. Instead, they're just kind of shouting each other's names. Although not even, because it's not even clear who's talking to who or what they're saying. I mean, I knew because I had watched the show that, you know, this is Launchpad McQuack and he's a, this eccentric pilot and he's just really, really horrible at his job. But you'd think that they're being shot down because he's just hitting everything. And Scrooge is trying to figure out what's going on and he's just like, just land. I just want to survive. And then he's got children in the back and they're just like, this is fun. I mean... Full disclosure, we had to stop the movie like nine minutes in because I didn't know who was who, who was related to who. I tried my best to explain who who each of these characters were, but then Brennan was asking me questions saying like, okay, so is so-and-so related to so-and-so? Is, how does Donald figure into all this? And I honestly couldn't answer, obviously not given what's, you know, pr- presented in the movie or even with my memory of the show. So... We ended up having to pull up a genealogy chart of the Duck family (laughs) in all of the Disney lore. Also, did you know you can buy a Pinterest puzzle of it? (laughs) And believe me, this is expansive. This isn't just like Donald and Daisy and Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, Louie. There are about five or six generations of ducks and they interweave on this really complex tree. There's like 50 characters. Yeah, and most of them, like, the characters that we know are shoved off to the left side of it. And there's just this really deep lore. It, it is it is more complex than, like, Harry Potter, how they've, like, mapped out, like, you know, like, Dumbledore's family or Harry's family. It is extensive. Yeah, so basically nine minutes in, I was over it. <laughs> but what did we discover in looking at the genealogy? That Scrooge is Donald's uncle. So he's the great uncle of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Also, nine minutes in, I had to ask, did we accidentally set the movie to, like, double speed? Or, like, you know, like, you can set a movie to, like, two times faster. Well, that's double speed. I said the same thing twice. But, you know, like, a quarter faster or something. Like, Yeah, the action is moving along at this, like, pretty unnatural clip. It almost seems like they're kind of messing with the frame rate a little bit, where it's just like, oh no, like something's wrong, and it's trying to catch up to the feed, where sometimes it looked like it was going really fast. Other times it looked like frames were dropped, like it was really rudimentary animation, where it was like frame, 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 frame. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that this was actually made with multiple animation teams in different parts of the world. 
And all of them sucked. <laughs> yeah, they were not communicating with each other. Uh, also, I didn't realize we were sitting down to watch Aladdin before Aladdin. This was the plot of Aladdin with ducks. Yeah. Um. So, spoilers. Like, I mean, I guess we're not really going to order anything like that. No, but this, this movie the, sucks. Spoiler. This all circulates around the finding of a, a lamp in an Egyptian treasure and they meet this genie and they become friends with the genie who's very eccentric and makes all these like pop pop culture no, references. He sounds like Robin Williams' knockoff brother. It does. It sounds like a TV version of Robin Williams that was like trying to emulate him. It's weird because Scrooge says he spends like 40 years looking for like Gabagool's like treasure or whatever. <laughs> and he like is like I spent forty years and it's like dude you're like sixty so you spent like and he's like and I'm gonna spend another forty years so you're gonna be dead before you find Gabagool's treasure. It was Kali Baba because it was a dog joke, you know, like all of the Egyptians were ancient Egyptians were dogs and they were holding up a giant bone. It was a dog joke because I don't know Ducktales. It's weird because all of the animals are either ducks or dogs, and if they're not, then they are actual animal animals like pigeons and eagles like not even like people versions of them just like the small animals themselves well and another aladdin-esque type thing is the main bad guy's sidekick dijon is the traitor in the beginning of aladdin yeah the guy who's trying to sell you stuff yeah, he seems like he, I mean, you know, it's one of those kind of like marginally stereotypical sort of things. Kind of like how nowadays people are like, oh, Apu is a very problematic character. When back then in the 90s, it's like, no, he's just a guy who like runs the Quickie Mart. But the thing is like he sounds a lot like the traitor in the beginning. And he even does like that whole sort of thing where he's just like, I can get you this, I can get you this, I can get you that. And it's like, and it's like really silly things like, oh, I've got you two tickets to the to the feta cheese festival. This sort of non sequitur joke that Robin Williams would make too. And the bad guy is this wizard named like Murdoch. Murdoch, I think it was. Because like, m- I don't know. I just called him the wizard. It's like Merlin and Morlock, Warlocker together. Yeah, I couldn't care less. The way they find this genie is he's buried in this uh, treasure room inside of a pyramid that they end up it, it takes them like an hour to dig out an entire pyramid like they accidentally trip on the tip of it and like Ooh, what was that and they dig it up or they actually have the guy Dijon like dig it up they just hand him a shovel and say get to work well that's what I'm talking about it has this movie I had to pause this movie because I'm like it's moving too fast meaning that like not just the animation was moving too fast the actual storyline felt like it was moving too fast like it was like we were 15 minutes in and they've already like discovered another pyramid like they've already lost the treasure once and then found it again and it was like this whole thing where I'm like this movie's an hour 15 and we still have a long ways to go and you seem to have already done most of the movie yeah the uh I mean I, th- I think there are parts of it where it really kind of shines through that this was like the tv animation group because you can do these kind of jump cuts where we're like going from like a tip of a pyramid to like now the whole thing is unearthed it with just like a quick little screen wipe. Then the movie also kind of decides it's going to spend about half of its running time having Dijon stuffed treasure into his pants. Oh my gosh. If that kid filled his pants one more time, <laughs> I was like, someone get this idiot a diaper. Like, I'm talking like, we're talking about the most outrageous pair of parachute pants you've ever seen. And like, they were constantly filled with silverware, gold, 
rubies, whatever you could think of, he filled his pants with, except for, like, poo. He didn't poo himself. But, like, everything else he filled his pants with. Well, we don't know. I mean. He could have pooed himself. We don't know. But anytime he sees, he walks by or sees pile of treasure, it's all going in his pants. Like, I, I don't think he even wants to spend it all. I think he just likes the feel of it. <laughs> I like the feel of gold on my butt. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And it's like, he, he gets all these riches, and it's like, you know what I would get if I were him? A belt and, and larger pants. That's the thing. He's constantly holding his pants up, so his pants are essentially a sack he walks in. And anytime, like, Morlock kind of grabs him, like, catches him doing that, he, like, pulls him up by the neck and pulls him out of his pants, and you just see his little boxers there. Well, he's always in polka dot boxers. Of course. It's because it's a cartoon. But there's also weird things in this movie, like, we come across sumo wrestling scorpions that we're just meant to ignore. That's no big deal. Yeah, in the treasure room of the pyramid, it's guarded by the scorpions at the bottom of a pit. But they're like, they don't even look scary because they're given these goofy faces with like these protruding eyes. Like, they look like they're from the Under the Sea song. No, but they literally say like, oh, it's sumo wrestling scorpions. (laughs) Like, that's just a thing that everyone knows. And again... Maybe that's one of those things where it's like, I should know this because of the television show. No, I. this is not. I think it's just the way that Launchpad was trying to describe that they're very big because they're very far away and you can't really know if they're giant or or tiny or regular scorpion size until they actually like later on in the scene are up against them and they are taller than them. Yeah. So then they actually are like 10 foot tall creatures, but... It doesn't really matter because they only sumo wrestle and apparently <laughs> they you can don't get even away. Do that. Yeah, I don't. They're not wearing diapers. Like I don't get why they're sumo wrestling I think scorpions. It's just saying they that they're big. They also look like lobsters. They do. They like do. they're really more like lobsters than scorpions. Like their tails are lobster tails. But then they escape from them by hiding under the basket that held all the treasure, and they're like, "It's turtle time!" And they just kind of they scuttle away. They find a river. So this pyramid was underneath all of the sand. Like, I'd say it went, like, maybe about a thousand feet deep. And then underneath the sand, there is a rapids river. And they just ride this basket out of there. And it comes out in the Nile. It always makes me laugh when I, when I play certain games like, uh, like Uncharted, these adventure games, where it's like it takes so much and there's so much puzzle solving to get into these things. It's like in the Goonies too, where it's like, it takes so much effort to get into these places where the treasure are, and then to leave, it's just like, oh, there's a crack in the wall right there. It's like, why couldn't you just go through the crack in the wall to get there in the first place? But I think all of that also plays into the fact that this was clearly a television team making a movie, because they do certain stupid shortcuts, like the boys, Huey, Dewey, and Stupid are all in like the scouts, and they have some handbook, that just tells them how to read hieroglyphics and how to get through booby traps. And it's just like this end all like, oh, we've reached this booby trap room. This is how you turn to page 87. And it's like your scout handbook tells you how to break into an Egyptian pyramid. And it's just this catch all like this is their answer to everything. And it's like, no, that's not how movies work. And anytime they can't figure out something else, they're just like, marbles, marbles will fix it. Yeah, and that's that's basically the entire movie. Every time they hit a plot point, it's their stupid handbook or freaking marbles <laughs> or money. Okay. Yeah, leading back to the whole thing of the, that this obviously came from like TV people is that there are certain points in it where they come into a sort of danger or they hit some kind of like, oh my gosh. 
And the scene fades out and then fades back into the same scene as if there was supposed to be a commercial break there. Okay, see, that's why I asked you multiple times. I was like, this came out in the theaters. Because yeah. that's, that's our whole thing. We watch animated movies that come out in the theater, you know, because otherwise we'd be on every freaking TV Disney movie ever made. But it kept blacking out and coming back. And I was like, what? Like, this movie's <laughs> only an hour 15. There's no way they took a break in the middle of the movie. I also really didn't care for the use of the word shabooby. Yeah, so we meet our uh, our genie because Webby has, like, the only piece of treasure that they're able to get was just this lamp, and she's just like, I want it for my tea party. So she's polishing it. A genie pops wait, wait, out. Wait. Let's point out the fact that she gets that teapot because uh, Scrooge McButtface says, like, yeah, that's the only pointless thing in here. You can have it. Like, he's like, oh, don't... Yeah. Don't say your uncle never gave you anything. Like, he, she's like, oh, I would rather have this crown, but I'll take this. And he's like, you can have this garbage. So really, he's a class act. Yeah, and then when they get away and Murloc steals everything away from him, the only thing they have left is that lamp. And he's just like, I'm done. I'm finished. All we have is trash. Let's go home. So Webby has her trash that she's like, I'm going to polish it up and use it for a tea party. And they rub it and a genie comes out. And what is his name? Well, the creatives at Disney decide to call him Genie. <laughs> also, definitely thought her name was Webster the whole time. Sure. I mean, they call her Webby because it's it's short for Webbygail. I know that from the show. Gross. Webbygail? It's like Abigail, but Web because she has webbed feet. No, that's like a spider's name. That's the name you give a spider before you kill it. <laughs> like, I'm going to name you Webigail. You name it before you take its life. No, I send you after it. That's <laughs> part of why I got married. <laughs> so Genie has, like, you know, certain rules, but it's not set out. It's very similar to Aladdin, where the first thing they ask for is, I want more wishes. And he's like, nah. And they're like, okay. Well, he says nah. He does. Like it's, then, like, it's boring or just like, you don't want that. Like, he says nah, and then the number of wishes the kids get is not what they, like, they're supposed to get three wishes. Each. Kay. And they even say at one point, like, oh, we're down to one wish. And then the kids ask for, like, five more things. And, like, he's like, okay, that's your wish. That's your wish. That's your wish. Well, this is where I think <sighs> it's kind of unclear because I think they each get three wishes and they're trying to keep track of like how many they have each. So when like Dewey's like, oh, I only have one more. I'm not going to waste it. But like, I don't know. But then then Genie's doing stuff on his own because they're doing stuff like like they're about to get caught for like staying out too late. And the Genie's just like, I'm just going to make Scrooge like really, really happy. And so when they walk in, instead of being mad, he's just like, oh, I love you all. Go to bed. Okay. And this again, TV versus movie. They do that. He's like, oh, we're not going to get in trouble. But then when it's life or death, the genie's like, oh, you have to wish for it. I can't do things on my own. And it's like, listen, okay, if we were in a TV show, I get that I wouldn't have remembered the rules from a month ago if I were like a child and stupid. I wouldn't remember the rules. But I'm an adult watching this movie. And 15 minutes ago, you just said, Here's the other thing I love about this is that these, you know, one of the things is when you when you watch a movie that's all about wish fulfillment or things like that, it's usually they, they like to take it from the point of view of like with Aladdin, he's, you know, he's a beggar. He had to steal for everything that he wants. And so when he actually gets the things, it's like stuff he couldn't get himself. These are like the nieces and nephews of a gazillionaire. And so when they want things like when Webby's just like, I want a pet elephant, it's like. 
you know your your uncle probably owns the zoo, and if he said, I want an elephant, they'll give him one. Or, like, you know, if you want these toys or these cars that you can, like, drive around in the mansion, you just have to ask your uncle. Let's just turn things a little bit. Let's talk about this villain. Whole man. Let's talk about this villain. Uh... First off, he is a like a shifter. He's a shapeshifter. He's shapeshifter. Got, that's the word I was looking for. He has this magical pendant where while he's wearing it, which is like basically through the whole thing, he can turn into any animal. So the boys find out about this because an owl just kind of flies by and lands outside of the window and the, and the genie freaks out. And he's just like, I thought that was my old master. And they're like, no, that's just an owl that comes by. And so he's just like, but my master, if he finds out where I am, I'm in deep trouble. And the boys say, your old master was a bird? To which Joey screamed, you're all birds! (laughs) These duck boys are like, what a stupid idea, a bird master. Joey like full voice screamed at the TV, and then I was like, all right, cool, we can make fun of this. Like, I was worried because I thought, I'm not going to lie, I thought this was like one of your favorite movies, and I was like, ugh. No, this is definitely not one of my favorite movies. I mean, I do have fond memories of seeing it because the last time I saw it was when it was in theaters and I saw it with my cousins uh, who used to live in Orange County and now they live in Chicago but uh, I remember we just we just had a lot of fun seeing it but it was more of just the fun of hanging out with your cousins and going to see a movie and then afterwards we went to go play at their house and we all they had a pool so we would jump in the pool and and pretend it was a giant ice cream sundae because in this movie they asked for the biggest ice cream sundae in the world and it, these giant balls of ice cream fall from the sky and land in this kiddie pool. And they all just, like, jump in and start eating it. But the genie just, like, screams, like, ice cream Sunday, come on down. So we spent the rest of the afternoon after watching this movie just screaming, ice cream Sunday, come on down, and jumping in the pool. And that is the most of, like, the joy that I got out of this is thinking about that. Otherwise, no, this movie is not good at all. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cycle back to our villain again. And just touch base with the fact that we were told he is a super mass murderer. That he wished Atlantis to sink and Pompeii to get covered by Mount Vesuvius. Yeah, just because he didn't like the people there or that, like, they said that Atlantis was a resort, kind of like a sandals resort, and he couldn't get a reservation. So he sunk it into the sea. But then they're just like, well, he's probably out of wishes, right? And they're like, uh, here's the rule now. His magic pendant that turns him into animals, if he puts that on the top of the lamp, he gets infinite wishes. They're just like, well, why don't we just wish to get that pendant away from him? And he's like, that's the one thing I can't do. So he could have given them infinite wishes if he if, if right. they had asked. So like, yeah, he could have given them infinite wishes. It's just when they said, can I have infinite wishes? He's like, that's dumb. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and then here's the other thing. This whole movie could have gotten cut off at the knees if like they had just said like, hey, can we kill the mass murderer? Like, can the mass murderer be dead? Because really the only thing he couldn't give them was that stupid talisman. And anytime that they're like running from him and Jeannie's like freaking out saying like, oh my gosh, we got to get away. We got to get away. And like, this is such a problem. They end up having to use wishes to hide from him, but never the wish of just like, well, why don't we just, just kill him? But they can't. But I think is one of the things that they fixed in Aladdin, where he had his three rules. One, no more wishes. No wishing for more wishes. Two, you can't wish somebody to fall in love. Three, you can't wish to kill somebody. So that kind of closes the loop on that. Husband. Yeah. 
Those kids have some horrifying wishes. Oh, you mean like the Twilight Zone? I wish all my toys were alive? That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh my gosh, that could be its own movie of, I mean, I guess it was with Toy Story. But like, you know, like the no, Sid like, scene and they're like trying to put like a cute smile on it when there's just like a roller skating lion and like a bouncing inflatable horse just like going around just being like, and like bumping th- people. It's and when frightening. They asked for a baby elephant and then they thumped the baby elephant to nowhere. Yeah, and the baby elephant is in the library trying to crawl up the the bookcase and like knocking everything over. I do love the fact that it's like it was an elephant with a big pink bow. And so when Mrs. Beakley, the maid, sees it and she goes like out screaming, she goes to Scrooge and she's just like, "Ah, ah, the elephants, Ah, elephant pink. And from that, I thought, oh my gosh, are they going to make a joke where it's like, Mrs. Beakley, are you drunk right now? (laughs) They did not. That would have been funny. So Mrs. Beakley was not drunk. They go back into the room and she's like, and one of them uses the wish of, I wish Webby Gill didn't have her last wish, which sets everything back to normal. But then I thought that was going to come back and be like, ooh, she thinks she doesn't have any wishes and she has one more because one was... No, the movie's not that smart. No, they burned through all their wishes, (laughs) like having baby elephants and ice cream sundaes and having their toys come to life. And so then when, like, stuff gets real, they're like, oh, we're out of wishes. (laughs) Like, this was the dumbest. Four children, so 12 wishes, and they burned through them in probably an hour and a half of real time. And so, like, it's weird because the beginning of the movie is, like, super fast. And the middle of the movie is, like, oh, we're just watching these dumb wishes. And then the end of the movie is, like, there's an archaeologist ball that's, like, this fancy ball in this big hotel that's, like, a shining hotel. Because it's, like, in the wintertime, like, they have to fly into this hotel and it's, like, snowed in. And then they're having this fancy ball, but the, like, drinks are served in paper cups with straws. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that down, how it's just, like, it's this club of, like, international explorers, like, the best of the best. And that's the whole reason why, like, Scrooge wanted to find this treasure of Kali Baba and then tell the explorer clubs that that he did it just basically for their like approval but at this place they're serving yeah these like uh, paper cups full of soda and there's even a lady walking around just being like sodas who wants a soda soda like you think it would be like cognac or something and then like the the instead of like I don't know appetizers they just have like bowls of like pistachios and peanuts and (laughs) nut bowl nut bowl (laughs) sodas and nut bowl and the genie's like all right and he's like sitting he's like miniature and sitting in a train like this is the life (laughs) and then of course he's first stolen by dijon and then dijon takes over all of scrooge mcduck's like he just becomes Scrooge McDuck. Like he's like, I'm now Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, he basically he I think he wants to be like the richest man in the world. And so he just becomes Scrooge McDuck. And so like Scrooge's money bin, his giant vault, instead of having like the, the dollar sign with the S on it, has like the dollar sign with the D on it because it's Dijon's now. And then Scrooge is arrested by his own guards and thrown in jail. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm, like, this movie, like, drags on for a while, and then all of a sudden it's like, Scrooge is in jail, Scrooge is out of jail, and, like, no one can remember that he was Scrooge except for, like, his housekeeper and his butler and his nephews. So then it becomes a heist, where they have to break into Scrooge's money vault. The whole thing is that Scrooge knows all of, like, the security protocols, and so he instructs them to do everything. So it's kind of like, oh, and that could have been really cool, only it's just, like, 
Climb through the vent. Avoid the lasers. Marbles destroy everything. And my password is cash. And also an old man sticking a cane can open the vault door like a lever. Is this massive door that has like, you know, the kind where you you spin the, the, the thing and like the and like the bolts shut into the door. He like shoves his cane into like one side of it and just goes and it just cracks open. Okay, that leads me to believe that in the Disney universe. Scrooge McDuck is the strongest person. <laughs> like, can you think if Scrooge had snapped? He is the Thanos of the Disney universe. Like, that's what I'm saying. What if he had done the snap Oh. instead of, like, Iron Man? Because, like, he can literally, without armor, without anything, open, like, a 12-inch, like, this is a foot yeah. thick iron door. Also, before that, when he's, like, getting back, like, to, to his vault... He, he's, like, being flown in the helicopter by launch pad, and he's like, don't even land, I'm going to jump out. And it's, like, it's a pretty good height. But he jumps, and I, I'm pretty sure he jumps higher than the blades of the helicopter, because I just kind of cringe. I was like, huh, like Yeah, you made ended. a sound. You were just like, huh. <laughs> That's always been my thing with helicopters. I've never been in a helicopter. I don't think I ever will be in a Ooh, helicopter. we should fix that. I don't know if I ever will. Helicopter date. We're just like contestants on The Bachelor. Oh, gosh. I don't I'm going to take you on a helicopter. I don't think I will. I'll push you out of the helicopter. Don't do that. But like with a... Lovingly? <laughs> well, not lovingly. <laughs> no, I mean lovingly, but like with a parachute. I don't mean like I'm going to just like push you out. So and like, be like an Impractical Jokers, like a dive into the water kind of push me out of a helicopter. Well, yes and no, but like... <laughs> Maybe over the Grand Canyon, but like also not push you out. Like retro, we almost went on a helicopter when we went to Hawaii. Yeah, but then there was the a volcano, volcano and so they up. couldn't actually. Yeah, actually go so like there. then we canceled that. The thing is, is that with a helicopter, my fear has not been in being an, involved in a helicopter crash. It's been dismounting from a helicopter, like stepping out, stepping too high, and getting decapitated by the blades. That has always been like a weird fear of mine. Of being decapitated by the helicopter. I mean, I know they're they're much higher than like I would ever be able to go with my own foot power, but watching like Scrooge like jump out higher than the blades, I was like, ah! it just like made me cringe. Another thing Scrooge does is he uh, stops an elevator with his head in the gears. Yeah, he does that, and then he also <laughs> chooses money over his own life at one point. There's a lot of things in this where it's like you think he's making some kind of turn because he's just like, when he's in jail, he has this, he's like, I promise if I'm let out of here, I will never, ever make a wish having to do with making more money for myself. And then they bust him out and he's just like, let's go get that money. One of the other things that happens at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie is that the villain, once he gets like his amulet and he's got the genie and he's like, I want you to turn Scrooge's money into what he deserves. And it, like, turns all into concrete. Well, no, he, he says, I, I need this place to be, like, a castle deserving of what I want or something like that. More fitting to me. Again, this is one of those that's sort of like in Aladdin, where when the villain gets a hold of the power of the genie, he's, like, reluctantly like, no, you can't make me. And then he, like, magically has to. So he turns the money bin into this, like, creepy castle that's, like, straight out of heavy metal because it's just this weird gothic twisty castle that looks like nothing in this whole movie and then his second wish is not to like ah, i will rule over everything from here he's just like you know what i'm gonna travel in my new home to my old home which doesn't make a lot of sense and this castle this money bin turned castle like just lifts up into the sky and goes to space and it's just above in the atmosphere 
Yeah, I mean, this is where the movie that doesn't make sense takes a turn into <laughs> not making extra sense. It's because psychedelic. It's like all of a sudden this like concrete psychedelic thorn castle lifts off into space and everybody's still on it. And so then he's like, push Scrooge over the edge. And you like see from the camera's point and it's like a million feet down because they're in space and Neil Armstrong's like, hey guys, how's it going? Oh, I missed that cameo. Yeah. And the genie's like, I'm sorry. And then Scrooge is just like, it's okay. I understand. And then just like this big gust of wind pushes him over the edge. Morlock or Murloc doesn't realize that the nephews and Webby Gale are there too. So they get into this whole tussle with the lamp and they tear the amulet off of it. The lamp goes over the side with Scrooge. And so he's like diving through the air to get the lamp. Meanwhile, Murloc like grabs his amulet, starts flying towards him. And then he like loses the amulet and just falls to his death. Well, like one of the kids hits him or something. I don't know. It's just a it's <laughs> just dumb from start to finish. And like throughout the movie, there's like three spots where it like darks out and then comes back. And it's like, no, no, no. There's no commercial breaks here, you dummies. So falling. <laughs> you have to stand on your own two feet. So falling through the atmosphere, Scrooge wishes for uh, he wishes. I wish my money bin and me and my boys and everybody were back in Duckburg. And so they set everything back on the ground. Hooray. And then, what do you think his third wish is? And he seems like he's going to be a real jerk about it. Because he was a jerk earlier when he's just like, the genie's not a person, it's a thing. And they're just yeah, like, Yeah, he says that sentence whoa. and they're like, whoa. Whoa, uncle, back off. He's like, no, get in the lamp. We're going to Explorer's Ball. And everybody in the audience went, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and you even said that. It's just like, wow, Uncle Scrooge is a jerkwad. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge McJerk over here. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, it's not a duck. <gasps> it's a jerk. If it quacks like a duck and toots like a duck, then it's also a duck. But if it, it looks for lots of money and I play a horn whistle, that sounds like a train. <laughs> You'll get there. And then <gasps> it's not cool. So based on that, when he gets to the end and he's just like, I know exactly what's my last wish. And he stands behind his desk and everyone's like, Uncle Scrooge, like, no, 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 Uncle Scrooge. He's like, I know it. what I'm going to do. He's like, Genie, I wish you were a real boy. And everyone's like, what? there's like a, like a record, record scratch. scratch like, Genie is a real boy and he's given real boy clothes, but he still has old man eyebrows. Okay, I said that. I was like, why is he a 40-year-old man that's made to be the size of a boy? Also, I don't think he even shows up in the show at all. Like, he's not even an established character. Although this was supposed to be, I looked it up, it was supposed to be between seasons four and five of DuckTales. And I don't I don't think they kind of carried that through. Oh, but you know what the last scene is? It's Dijon running out with his full pants. Oh, yeah, because, like, Scrooge is, they're just like, you coming, you coming, Uncle Scrooge? We're playing Cops and Robbers. And he's just like, no quintillionaires have a different way of having fun. You think he's going to like dive into his money pit and swim around in it, which would just crack his spine. But anyway, it's Scrooge because he's the strongest man in the world. He swims through gold. He dives you, from like 50 feet up. He could have been the end, but instead we had freaking Howard the Duck. 
He is in the MCU. That's what I'm telling you. He's voiced by Seth Green. Wasn't he there? Wasn't he there in Endgame? Yeah, he's he's like in the back. So we have freaking Howard the Duck, who can't do anything because he's just one stupid duck. But like Scrooge, we found to be the strongest person yet, human, not human, duck, the strongest character Mm -hmm. yet. And he was not invited. Well, it's like that whole thing from Parks and Rec where Patton Oswalt did like that filibuster where he combined the Star Wars and Marvel universe. But because Disney owns it, it's like, what if Disney made like a bigger end game where they brought in like the Disney princesses and everything, which they kind of did weirdly in Wreck-It Ralph 2. But the... Ugh, yeah. Let's not talk about Wreck-It Ralph Well, two. we will talk no. about Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, God, no, that makes my skin crawl when I think about it. We will and have I to don't later. like it. Anyway... Yeah, it's like Scrooge could have Scrooge McDuck could probably have solved everything at the end. And he's like, I don't He's like, And I am Scrooge McDuck and he like snaps and he's like, That didn't even tickle Although what if he snaps and like Thanos and his army are still there, but like all the ground is all gold and he's just like, Yippee <laughs> That's true, maybe he had to be pure of heart, but Iron Man was not pure of heart. I he, he learned. No, I told you from the beginning. I told you years ago he was going to be the one to die. And mm-hmm. you were like, no, no, no. And I was totally right. Even I though I fell I asleep the first time be. we saw it. I didn't know how it was going to end. But it was but... my fault because we had like three Mai Tais at Islands All right, before. You were right. Do you want a cookie? I do want a cookie. Thank you. I'll get you a cookie. Who's a good girl? I'm a good girl. Who gets the end of Endgame? I guessed the end of Endgame. <laughs> I did. I told you. I told you how it was going to end, and it ended exactly as I said it would. Oh, you're such a good girl. I even guessed. You are so right, and I you are so pretty, Captain too. I Captain America's ending. You were so pretty. I was so, so right. pretty. I dressed up that night yeah. back when we could go to movie theaters, mm-hmm. and I wore makeup. Yeah. Yes, I did. Thank you for acknowledging that. You're the best girl. I am the best girl. <laughs> Do you feel good? Does this make you feel I good? I do feel good because I did. I did. Good. I, all you of should this feel is good. true. I do feel good. <laughs> anyway, credits roll. Well, <laughs> while Scrooge is chasing Dijon down the street in his hammer pants full of gold that are just like spreading everywhere, and the the Ducktales theme plays. Woo! And uh. And thankfully, we were spared from anything further. So because we watched this on Disney+, Plus, it then said, because you watched this, you might like DuckTales the series. And I've never seen the series from the start, but it, sa- it had this like synopsis of the first episode. And I guess the way that DuckTales starts is Donald is in charge of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, but he's going to the Navy because he's a sailor. He wears his little sailor hat. So he's being enlisted in the Navy, so he drops off his nephews to Scrooge, their great uncle. And I guess that's how it started. We didn't watch it because I think we already had our fill of yeah, I was anthropomorphic ducks done. for the day. Sorry, that's donezo for me. Like that makes me never want to watch the series. I'm I know the series is probably better than that movie, but I am donezo with DuckTales. I, I gotta be honest, I think my favorite part of the whole series is just the theme song. I think it's just a lot of fun. Hoo-hoo. There's actually, I, there, there's a uh, there's a video online that I saw that it's like, why is the DuckTales theme so great? And it kind of hit like right at a moment where it's just like, this is like the perfect theme song for a TV show. As far as the quality of the TV show, I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really want to dive back into it, but uh, it's a good song. It has I good mean, song structure. Yeah, I'll stand by the song. That's fine. The song was great. 
Yeah. The rest of it was Poop Taco Town, USA. So that is our review of DuckTales the Movie, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I would give it a 4 out of 10. Oof. God, I give it like a 3. I give it a 4. I mean, I... Somebody even asked us, like, right after we watched it, or like, was it worse than Dark? Then I said Dark Tower. It's not right. Was it worse than Black Cauldron? <laughs> no, we haven't worked with Stephen King. That's what we <laughs> like reiterated last time. So they were like, is it is it worse than than Black Cauldron? And I was like, no, no Black it's Cauldron not. was it's like Black Cauldron was a whole separate. Like I feel like that happened, and they were just like. Let's pretend that never happened. Whereas yeah. this one, they still reference DuckTales. Like, Scrooge mm-hmm. is still a thing. And I think they, they looked and at Huey, this. And Huey, Dewey, Louie are still a thing. And I think they looked at this and they they thought, there are the seeds of a good story here, which is why it surprises me that the next one we're going to watch is Aladdin. Like, okay. they are going to use a lot of these elements. They're going to, like, we learn from our mistakes and we're going to do the same story. Okay, that's what I said the whole time. I was mm-hmm. like, hold up. Obviously, this movie came before Aladdin because we're watching it before Aladdin. But I was watching and I was like, this is a terrible version of Aladdin with ducks. Like, I was like, this is so odd. And it's weird because it feels like a cheap, like, ripoff of Aladdin, but it came before Aladdin. I know. I'm like, what? I mean, I will say, like, just in regards to that. When I used to work at Disney, I actually worked in the pre-production and some of the on-set production for um, the movie Sky High. And so that movie was being made at the same time as The Incredibles at Pixar. So Disney was actually monitoring the similarities between the stories because they're both about like superhero families trying to kind of navigate and like, you know, deal with expectations and things like that. But there were certain elements that we had to do these like clearance checks. Normally you do clearance checks just being like, oh, is this venturing too far into something that's already owned? And they have this like team of lawyers and researchers that will like try to find out if something is too similar. If somebody decides to sue, do they have grounds? But this was Disney checking with itself. And so there were certain little things where like in the in one of the original versions of the script, the dad in Sky High, his name was Bob. And they were just like, no, you can't, you can't have his name be Bob because in The Incredibles, his name is Bob too. Like superhero dad named Bob. It's too similar. Like we could accidentally sue ourselves. And so they're just like, we're changing his name to Steve. And they're like, okay. And the greatest part about this was that that was way before we met. And I loved Sky High. And I, I mean, I enjoyed Sky High, but my sister's loved Sky High. And so when I told them that my new boyfriend worked on Sky High, they were just like, meh, marry him. And I was like, okay. (laughs) That was the only reason I married you. Actually, I just double checked and Aladdin is not the next movie. So there was like even some time. There was even some time. Wait, what's our next movie? Our next movie is actually The Rescuers Down Under. And then after that, it's Beauty and the Beast and then Aladdin. I thought Aladdin was sooner, but... We, we have to watch another Rescuers movie. From what I remember, it's better, but I, I that's like Kiss of Death whenever I say that. It so depressing. <laughs> How many kids are they killing in this one? I think there's just one child in danger. Oh. I think his name is Cody, and he's oh, in Australia. And he's going to die. He's not going to die. I can't with he's the rescuers. He's getting rescued. I mean, I will for yeah. the sake of... I don't know. For the sake of you, our listeners, yeah. we love you so All much. We suffer for you. All five of them. But, like, I can't. 
Anyway, for all of our listeners, we do appreciate you. We love that you tune in and listen to us. And we will suffer through these Rescuers movies and made-for-TV movies that actually end up on the screen. Listen, it's fine. I'm sure that maybe this one's better. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic. I mean, we're going to have, like, a good string of movies coming up that are just, like, solids. And to be fair... Once we get to Pixar, we're just going to need to, like, buy less wine and buy more tissues. Yeah. Because they're just going to harvest our tears at that point. That's what Pixar's the best at. Yeah. I love that one listing of just, like, all the movies where, like, what if toys had feelings? What if bugs had feelings? What if cars had feelings? And then it gets to Inside Out. It's like, what if if feelings feelings had feelings? feelings? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Hey, buddy. Yeah, dude? Over there, on the other side of the closet. Hiya. Why did... You turned away from the mic and said hiya. I'm on the other side. You're not on the You're right here in the same closet. I'm right here in the same closet. I just, I'm, I'm painting a, a visual picture. Hey, you need me? Okay, weirdo. Get out of my dresses and give me a fun fact. It sounds like I'm wearing your dress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you take my wedding dress off? I, I paid a lot for that. But it's so slimming. You're never going to fit in that. I'm never going to fit in that again. <laughs> it's in a hermetically sealed container that's like yeah i got some fun facts for ya joey come back i'm on my way oh you ran so fast yeah i had to go to my i had to go to my encyclopedia and get get facts apparently my encyclopedia doesn't have anything having to do with circumnavigation or galileo copernicus because uh when you read the entire encyclopedia you don't even understand that the earth is round Oh, you're the smartest boy in the world. I know, yeah, yeah. That's why that genie in the movie didn't actually understand what a globe was after reading an encyclopedia. Yeah, I mean, we didn't say that part. Like, there was a scene where the genie read the entire encyclopedia, like, and it was like the old-fashioned one where the person sells like it Britannica, door to door. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, oh, I read the encyclopedia. I know everything. And then he's like, what is this? And they're like, it's a globe. And he's like, the world's not flat. And they're like, Maybe you should read the encyclopedia again. I must have missed that part. (laughs) To which I was thinking, like, there are so many people that talk about this. There are so many concepts having to do with this. Also, a bunch of people over there also missed it. (laughs) So maybe they should read that part again, too. What is this bald thing? All right, so here are some fun facts from my encyclopedia. (gasps) Fun Fun facts facts with with Joe Pale. I was being a duck. That wasn't a duck. The lip smacks are are not great in the audio. I was trying to be a duck mouth. (laughs) Sometimes I wish this were a visual medium. (laughs) I'm very glad this isn't a visual medium. (laughs) So we had remarked about how the quality and um, the consistency in the animation is not great across the board. Part of the reason why is that uh, the majority of this was animated by Disney's Paris studio. Wow, wow. But let me do it in like an accent. Okay. Les wah, wah. Mm, C'est magnifique. Ah. Disney Paris studio was started specifically for uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which we had passed by because that's not a fully animated movie. Because of the need for animators on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which came out a year before this, 
they started new animation companies in Europe because they realized, oh, we can just like have animators in other parts of the world and then like ship the animation cells back to California. It was the beginning of this whole ordeal with like outsourcing. This was the first time that they were mostly focusing on the uh, international animation studios just to see like what they could do. Turns out it wasn't great. So therefore they didn't really continue with this. They were just like, you know what? I think actually we need to have a more centralized animation studio. And they kept everything in Burbank so they could kind of oversee it while the process was going. They didn't have as much stock into it just because these were the people that were basically shooting out like the TV shows where they could just like churn out things really, really fast. Turns out one of the animators on this movie, his name was Larry Ruppel. He was the only American animator in the Paris studio. And not only was he just an animator, he also had to kind of be this cultural translator to explain the sayings, like the American sayings and the slang, because the people in France didn't understand what they were animating. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure with things like when he's like, ice cream sundae, come on down, they were just like, probably animated just like somebody like directing traffic, like, come on down. It's like, no, no, no. It's like... It has to be like uh, like like a game show, like The Price is Right, like, come on down. Like, so he had to kind of tell everybody. Meanwhile, this guy, Larry Ruppel, he says, like, it was actually really cool being in that studio because a lot of the people that were there kind of got their start in animation because it was so young. And a lot of them got better and actually became, like, great animators at DreamWorks or an ILM. And so he's just like, for them in that studio, this was kind of like their Snow White. So, like... They loved working together, but you look at the final thing and it's just like, it's, it's, it's not great. It's not <laughs> consistent. Some parts look like a 90s like flash animation and some parts look like it's so overly produced and sometimes it looks like it's sped up, sometimes slowed down, but like, I think it was just very experimental. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, also, there were supposed to be more DuckTales movies, but this movie flopped. So there were no more DuckTales oh, movies. Oh, good. Like, this has been one of the first ones where we've been like, this is terrible. And the box office has also reflected them. Yeah. The critics didn't really get it or like it. And then also the audiences were just like, what is going on here? Yeah, we thought the same thing. What is going on here? When, when I was a kid, though, that was the thing is that you watch like... It was like when the Power Rangers movie came out where you watch it and it's just like, I love the show, but I like the cheesiness of the show. And then when it's a movie, it's a better production value. I'm going to stop you right there, sir. Okay. No, I'm going to say the Power Rangers movie was better than this. Well, I'm not I'm not comparing it to this. I'm saying better than the show, like a better, better production value. I'm going to say, no, the Power Ranger movies was bomb.com because I've watched it as an adult. (laughs) I'm not saying the Power Rangers movie is bad. I will fight you, sir, on the Power Rangers movie. Who are you fighting? I am fighting you, sir. No, I'm just saying there's more money pumped into it because it's a a theatrical movie. And so it it looks better than the TV show. Fantastic. And is it better than the TV show? Yes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying the Power Rangers movie is bad. you ever. Who are you fighting? What is going on here? I'm fighting you. There's so many things I'm fighting. I didn't say the movie was bad. Sir, come over here and let me punch you. Stop punching people in our bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is the Power Ranger movie was wonderful. Okay. This movie, not so much. I'm not comparing this movie to the Power Rangers movie. Don't compare. All I'm saying is better than the show. 
<laughs> there's more money and resources, so it's a better product. So that's what I'm saying. When I watched this movie, I was used to watching the bad quality of the show and thought, this is better than that. But now now having not like watched the show in a long time and then watching this movie after watching The Little Mermaid. It amazes me that this came out after The Little Mermaid because The Little Mermaid was so iconic and so fantastic. Yeah, I, I and I think that this is... We're getting into the more corporate Disney than we had in the past where everything always kind of had a singular vision of just like everything was being done as a reaction to the thing that came before it. And I think with this, it's starting to split up. So it's just like there's the Disney classics being done by Disney's feature animation. And then there's this movie where they're trying to cash in on their Disney TV shows. You know, it, it, it kind of divides up like that. We're going to see some other movies, even with like Toy Story, where it's just like, this is this weird experimental movie from this like animation company that we just bought stock in, but we'll see what happens. But that actually starts to kind of encompass more of like the Disney style. Okay, question. I know this movie like tanked in ratings. Did it make money? No. The Jetsons movie came out that year and made more money. So like Hanna-Barbera said like, we're going to do like a movie version of one of our TV shows and they did that and it made money. And so in Disney's like, we're going to do the same thing. It did not make money. And they were like, well, that's embarrassing. Shut it down. Cool. Here's another fact. Originally, Coach Bombay was supposed to be played by Charlie Sheen, but he turned it down. And so Emilio Estevez stepped in to play Coach Bombay and he made Mighty Ducks history. Oh, I did a Mighty Ducks fact. Dang okay, it. I was like, what the <laughs> heck are you talking about, buddy? Duck facts with Joe. Are you so proud of yourself if you keep talking about Mighty Ducks instead of... It's a good movie. <sighs> Joe, Seth, Pale. I just watched it recently. It's really cute. Oh my gosh. Although Emilio are... Estevez, he's like, he has no inner monologue. So whenever things are happening, he's just like, like there's a scene where things are going bad and he's just like, this is going really bad. Or the, like the team sucks. He's like, this team sucks. Buddy, <laughs> we are not watching that movie. I'd like to invite you to join in the misery of this movie. I just like to, I think ducks and I quack, 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 quack. Where, where I'll rock you. Okay, I'd enjoy if you stopped doing that. <laughs> Wait, what's our next movie? Uh, the Rescuer is down. Under. Oh, that's terrible. What's our following movie? Beauty and the Beast. Well, at least I have something to look forward to. We're going to have a string of movies after that that are just, like, fantastic. I can't wait. Should I read you the list of what we have coming up after that? Okay, so Rescuers, then Beauty and the Beast, Coco. Oh, that's very far ahead. Joy, then... I'm going to keep reading until I get to one that might not be as good, but here we go. After Beauty and the Beast, we have Aladdin. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Lion King. Yes. Goofy Movie. Yes. Pocahontas. Yes. Toy Story. Yes. James and the Giant Peach. Ooh. I That's remember being for super you. scared as a kid of this. But I still like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm, in, I'm on board. Good. I'm okay. on board. I'm on board. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh. Hercules. Yes. Mulan. Yes. A Bug's Life. Oh, yes. Tarzan. Oh. Toy Story 2. Yes. The Tigger Movie. Ooh. Okay, I'm intrigued. I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. Dinosaur. Mm, we saw that in the theater together. That? No, we did not. We saw The Good Dinosaur. Oh, we did. Which we will did. be further down the list. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Dinosaur was 2000. Yeah. So you were 10 years old. Oh. So I did not see that with you. I guess we didn't <laughs> see that together. But I do remember that movie. I think that movie, it's like- Wait, wait, wait. What year did it come out? 2000. I was 10. You're yeah, right. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I don't I, think I've ever seen Dinosaur. I remember seeing that movie. It feels a lot like a more realistic Land Before Time. Okay. So Keep it's going. about like a brontosaurus and like and his mom and everything. Emperor's New Groove. Oh, bomb.com. I haven't seen that one in a while and I can't wait to see it <gasps> yes. again because it's become yeah. like a meme hero. Yes. Atlantis. Mm, you and I watched that. We did watch We're that. We're going to have a lot to say Not about that it. Not long ago. And like, I was. I, I feel was like okay it's going to be an it. exciting yeah. episode. Though. Yeah, I was all right with it. Yeah. Monsters Inc. Yes. Return to Neverland. I never saw it. I saw it. Continue. Okay. Lilo and Stitch. Yes. Treasure Planet. Ugh. Is that your? Is, is that Ugh. the end of the streak? Continue. Ugh. Jungle Book Two. Ugh. Continue. Piglet's big movie. Okay. Continue. Finding Nemo. Yes. Yes. Ooh. This might be the end of it of the streak. Brother Bear. Ugh. Continue. Home on the Range. Ugh. Roseanne as a cow. So Ugh, maybe continue. maybe that's the end of the streak. Continue. After that, it, it gets a little like up and down and up and mm. down. But like All that's right. a good that's a good streak though, okay. right? All right, that's fine. Okay, I feel I feel uplifted enough to continue with this podcast. <laughs> this is what it take to, took to destroy the next uh, rescuers movie. All right, well, buddy. Yeah. I don't think there's anything left to talk about. I think we've made it abundantly clear how we feel about this, and we're ready to move ahead. And no one should watch it. Okay. Okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan of the show, this is better than the show, but that's really not saying much. Anyway, as a completionist, sure, watch it. Otherwise, don't bother. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.